Backstage Pass Radio is now a global podcast heard in 70 countries around the world. Our newly formed partnership with Synad Outdoor has us seeing great traction in Texas and Louisiana. Since Synad's beginnings in 1964, this family-owned and operated advertising company has become the largest independently held billboard company in Texas today. Synad prides itself on unbeatable service and turnaround time. Let their experienced design team create the perfect advertisement to showcase your business. Contact Synad today at 713-861-6013. And also make sure to visit their website at www.synad.com and tell them Backstage Pass Radio sent you. My guest today is an Austin musician by way of Terrell, Texas. Howdy all, it's Randy Halsey here with Backstage Pass Radio. My guest is a guitarist and a singer-songwriter for one of the most popular four-part harmony bands on the road today. I have tracked down Shane Smith from Shane Smith and the Saints out on the road in Tacoma, Washington, and I will get Shane to share some of the stories from the road when we come back. This is Backstage Pass Radio, the podcast that's designed for the music junkie with a thirst for musical knowledge. Hi, this is Adam Gordon, and I want to thank you all for joining us today. Make sure you like, subscribe, and turn alerts on for this and all upcoming podcasts. And now, here's your host of Backstage Pass Radio, Randy Halsey. Shane, it's great to see you, man. Howdy from down here in Cypress, Texas. I think I'm catching you and the boys out on the road right now correct? Yeah, we're in Tacoma, Washington right now at the moment. We is, played in Portland, Oregon last night. Out on the West Coast then? Yes, sir. Is that the, yes, sir. Is that yes, the sir. Spanish ballroom that you guys are playing this evening? Is that correct? No, it's, it's got a funny name. It's like McMinimins or something like that. It's almost like a big ballroom. It's a real pretty, real pretty place. I hadn't even heard of it really? until okay. we got here today. But it, uh, it's almost like there's like a hotel and a restaurant, and then there's like a big like ballroom concert venue thing. It's, re- it's a pretty spot. Nice. Well, we'll talk more about some of the upcoming shows shortly. But in the meantime, thanks again for spending a little bit of time with me this evening, man. It's good to have you. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. My pleasure. So Terrell, Texas, man, basically East Dallas, correct? Is that where you were born and where you were raised? Yeah, it's an hour east of Dallas and an hour west of Tyler. So we're like right in the middle of Tyler and Dallas, Texas. Sure. For some time, you guys were out with Whiskey Myers, who, you know, hell from that part of the, the great state of Texas, correct? Yeah, and I went to junior college over in Tyler, Texas. And, you know, those guys grew up right down the road from Palestine, there in like yeah. Palestine yeah. and Henderson County and all that stuff. So. It's crazy, you know, getting to tour with those guys has just been the coolest thing ever because I've, you know, I've loved their music and all of us have been listening to them since we were in high school. And it's the coolest thing to see a band like bloom so late like they have, you know what I mean? It like just goes to show like how hard of workers they are. They didn't throw in the towel, you know, they just kept their head down and kept chugging along. and, And now they're just exploding in such a unique and cool way. It's really cool to be a part of because we definitely were listening to them when they were doing some real small. When it wasn't even cool, right, to listen to Whiskey Myers. (laughs) Well, well, you know what? Don't discount yourselves either. I mean, you you guys have had a hell of a run here 
as well. And it's good to see some good Texas bands out there doing their thing and getting that recognition that they deserve. I'm a local artist here in Cyprus. Uh, It's a duo that I play in. And we cover quite a bit of the stuff from Whiskey Meyer. So we, we really appreciate what you guys are doing out there and love the music. Yeah, man. Well, thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate it. And and I think that those guys have just been like a great example for us. Just seeing seeing a band that didn't necessarily catch catch many breaks early on, you know, but just kept their heads down and sure. kept working. And that's very much kind of the same case with us. You know, we, we were at it for close to 10 years before we caught any kind of a a big break in the show Yellowstone, all kinds of dots got connected when that happened. But it was also after, you know, years and years of, of uh, hard touring and playing like small clubs throughout the U S everywhere, you know? And so it, it kind of just helped. I say this a lot in interviews, but it, to me, it just more or less connected a million dots for people, you know, like, everybody had a neighbor or a best friend or a cousin or somebody that was already like a diehard fan of ours and had been every one of those people like got a big win whenever we got that opportunity. It's like they were winning alongside us when that happened. And so, you know, it's, it's a really cool thing. And I think the whiskey Myers guys, it's a similar situation. So they've been a, not only do we love their music, but we've just, we've looked up to their work ethic. And we've just seen that it can happen, even if it is later in your career. Like those stars can align at any point if you just keep working at it, you know? Sure. And it's something that I've taught my kids. Kids are grown now, but it's all about perseverance. You know, it's it's about grinding and and just staying with things until you make it happen. You know, Steve Miller wrote a song yeah. years ago and he said something like, "You, I think the song Jet Airliner, right? He said, you got to go through hell before you get to heaven. And there's a lot of truth yeah. to that adage. You know, it's not, if everything was easy, everybody would be a Shane Smith and the Saints. Everybody would be a Whiskey Myers playing the big venues and that type of thing. So you got to grind a little bit. Oh, man. You got to grind a lot. <laughs> in, our, in our situation, we had to grind a whole yeah. lot. And, um, but yeah, I mean, everybody's different, though. It's like I see some bands where it just happens and it happens quick and yeah. there is no grind really to it. Yeah. But I think the reality is, is if you get into this business, you are going to grind, period. Sure. It's just some people catch it at the front end of their careers. Yeah. Other people have to catch it on the back end of their careers. And there might be tough times, you know, on the on the back half of their careers that they got to navigate and figure out how to how to get through it. You Absolutely. know, I just think it's it's inevitable that that's going to be a part of, of your path though. You know, when you do a job like this. Yep. Well, I think when you get out there and you grind and you hustle, it makes you appreciate what you have. When you start to reap those benefits of when you see good things start to happen, you can look back in the rear view mirror and say, man, we put in the work and it just makes you appreciate it so much more than if somebody just handed it to you, which that's always the easy way out. Right. And that's nice sometimes, but you know, I think you lose perspective and you, you think that everything's just supposed to be given to you on a silver platter. And you and I both know that nothing is owed to us. We have to go out there and work for what we, what we earn. For yeah. sure. And anyways, you're definitely right. And I think no matter what, that's just a part of the deal. And you just got to keep your head down and try to keep working to an end goal. And 
try to have like a direction and a path that, that you're just kind of relentlessly trying to get everyone to sure. at the end of the day. I very much agree. Well, at what age did you know music was going to be what you choose to do with your life? Did you know that at a young age? Did it come later in life? Talk to the listeners a little bit about thoughts around that. No, it was definitely, it was something I love to do. And I, I got into it later. I mean, I got into it, I feel like around the same time anybody gets into it or the average person gets into it. And it was when I was like 15 or 16. And my cousin kind of exposed me to some songwriters that really influenced me that at, by the age of like 17, 18, I, I was trying to like uh, write songs and just really getting into that uh, side of things, you know, aside from just chord progressions and and melodies and stuff it was more like on the lyrics for me I caught that pretty heavy early on and so I dove really hard into that aspect of it and you know it, it wasn't until I was probably I don't know 20 or 20 or so that I was just really um, I was just really becoming obsessed with it and there were other things in in my life that I was you know, focused on more before that. And it just started to take over. And, and with school, it was just like, how quick can I get out of school so that I can focus on this? Like everything just kind of shifted sure. over to that. We were doing bar gigs by then. And it was really like the second that we started playing outside of Texas. I remember just having this like, just overwhelming excitement of like touring and, and driving a van for nine hours across you know what I mean? It was sure. just for some reason, like even the, I don't know, the dumbest little run of shows like in my mind was just like the biggest deal in the world. Yeah. And, and, and so I think looking back, that's a pretty telltale sign that I was pretty caught up with it is just looking back at some of those shows we were doing and how, how uh, excited I was to be doing them, honestly, yeah. you know? Do you still feel like you enjoy life on the road? Is it a grind a lot of times? I know some people get into it and then realize, man, wow, I didn't think it was going to be like this. Like it, it, you still enjoy getting out and, and doing your thing. I know you love playing the shows, but the, the day-to-day driving from city to city or however you guys travel. Uh, yeah. Man, I, I do. I love it. I just also am at a spot where – you know, I just want to find more balance with it and, and find some more time at home. And that's like not just a matter of a few days, but like weeks and weeks in a row where sure. we're just not having to tour and, and do big shows or anything like that. And I think that would be my answer is like, yeah, of course, I, I love it. But at the same time, I think everybody is definitely stoked to get to that place, that next chapter where um, we don't necessarily have to be you know, yes, people to everything. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get to choose and, the, and we've cut the some right huge shows. Breaks yeah. and, so there's just really cool opportunities that we haven't ever seen before. So we're, we've got to be yes people right now, you know? And, sure. and, and so I think I'm excited to see that next phase of it though. Yeah. Um, but right now, you know, I mean, when I think about it, it is, it's everything I've ever wanted in a career. I mean, it, you know, like I remember seeing guys, in a bus for the first time and just thinking like, Oh my God, I can't even imagine how amazing that would be to be in a bus, you know? And, and eventually that came true for us, you know? And then I, I remember seeing first time I ever saw guys not take the bus and they were flying into a show, but the bus was picking them up. And I thought, Oh my God, that would be so incredible. Like, <laughs> right. You know, like you're not even taking the bus anymore. Exactly. Or you graduated. 
and now that's how it's been literally this whole summer. That's all we've been doing is flying and meeting the bus all over, you know, whether it's Canada or the U S or East coast, West coast, whatever. And so it's everything, everything I've ever asked for, but at the same time, it's a lot, you know, like once you're in the thick of it, you're like, what the hell is going on? You know, what day is it? I don't know. You know, and so I think we could just keep moving and, and keep, uh, making big progress the way we have this last year or two it but also being able to just kind of pick and choose some more time off here and there i think that would be the goal you know yeah it's nice being the cat's meow sometime right to get on the plane and just land somewhere that's cool i think and i think every artist aspires to to get to that point in a career where they're just flying from town to town And, and i know a lot of these back roads uh cities it's tough to fly into them you have to kind of fly into a major hub and then drive over or whatever but uh you know at some point in time you'll you'll only be playing the atlantas and the houston's and the dallas it'll it'll not always have to be the little the little bars and in nowheresville right so right as a songwriter are you a songwriter that really doesn't like to be i guess for lack of better terms, lumped into a, a genre? Are you one of those writers, or do you kind of know where you fit uh, fr- from a genre perspective? Can you speak a little bit about your writing and how you write, and if you if you have a genre in mind that you think that you fit the best into? Man, I think I just, and it's always been like this, I think, with hobbies of mine and stuff. Like, I did, they ebb and flow in and out of my life. Like, one thing I'll really love, and then I'll love something else. And whatever. And, and it's like, that's just the way that I don't know if it's like, I think there's certain elements that I'm pretty consistent with, but a lot of things that I'm interested in, I do. in a way, I kind of ebb and flow with some of that stuff. And, and I think it translates over to the music, because at the end of the day, that's what you're getting inspired by. And so... You know, I would love to write a song that is like a Frank Sinatra-esque song just as much as I would love to write a song that, you know, is more of like a, I don't know, um, like a Southern rock or, or, or like even a like a Mumford & Sons vibe or a mm-hmm. Kings of Leon vibe or a whatever. I mean, there's like I love all kinds of music. Sure. And so there is no way around it. I am going to want to write all kinds of different of music. Course. And and I think that we do a pretty good job, or I don't know if you want to call it a good job or whatever, but what I do feel like we um, are fairly unique in that we put out albums that, like, at least this next album that we're about to be releasing, like, I mean, every song on that thing sounds like a, it could fit in a different genre, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, like, it doesn't, there is no, like, thing you can it's not cookie it's, it it's not cookie cutter basically right for sure yeah it's just it's it sounds different i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing but it is what it is and and i think it keeps it more interesting for us and more enjoyable for us because it's you know it's not redundant and i think that we're going to enjoy playing those songs for many many more years sure. than we would if they all kind of bled together you well, know well think about what other areas you're appealing to and i think in music it's all about relevance you you have to remain relevant and you have to be in front of people people know your name and if you're just stuck in this hole right then you're catering to a specific group of people 
But I think some artists that have become really popular, you know, you think about guys like uh, Kid Rock. You know, he was rap rock. Then he was a country guy. Then he was southern rock. Like he's float, like you said, he's he's flowed in yeah. and out of these genres, and it's appealing to all of these different genres. And I think even today he's very popular. Whereas a lot of musicians are popular for their three, four, five year run, and then you don't really hear much from them anymore. They kind of lose, yeah. I guess, that luster, if you will. But I think that keeps it interesting, like you said, you know. And you're appealing to more than just one group of people, which is a good thing. For sure. I think. Yeah. For sure. Um, and, or, and that's the goal, you know, is, I mean, hopefully, and, and same thing with the live show. I mean, the hope is also that it keeps the live show fresh enough to where it, it lives for years and years and years with people just leaving the show every night saying, okay, I have to see that show the next course. time they're anywhere near me. Like, I'm not going to miss that show. Sure. And I think, you know, we're, do, we're doing a good job if we can, if we can keep it, keep it like that. You of know? course. If somebody said, Shane, I need you to lump this band into a genre. Where do you guys fit? What do you feel like your fit, your genres? And there's, there's genres and there's thousands of sub genres. It's just kind of a joke really. And I know that yeah, yeah. artists do not like walls, but where do you think you guys fit Shane Smith and the saints genre wise? Have you been thinking that you may need a little exercise in your daily routine while having a little fun doing it? I may have the solution. Hey, it's Randy Holsey here with backstage past radio And about six months ago, I purchased an electric bike from Ecotrick and just thought about using it as a way to kind of get the blood flowing a few days a week. And to my surprise, I find myself on the bike just about every day. Not only am I getting a little exercise each day, but I'm also having a fun time seeing the neighborhood and maybe some areas that I probably would never have seen before I got the bike. Today, my family owns four of these Ecotrick bikes and we're looking to add a few more soon. Make sure to check out the link in the description below for more details. I mean, I hate saying this and I hate like what the genre has kind of become in a way, just because it's like the thing that everybody says now, Yeah. but it is, I mean, I would say Americana because it's like the melting pot of genres yeah. or it's become that the smorgasbord. You know, and, yeah. Which is, I mean, that's great. I mean, at the end of the day, at least there's something that people can categorize with, I guess, if you need to categorize with something like that in itself is a question. Like, I don't really, of course, I hope that over time, these things just bleed together more and more where there's not as much distinction and, and it's just kind of like good music's good music, but you're always going to want those, you know, some kind of rough thing i mean i would call us folk rock but there's not like a big genre of just of folk rock of you know but that's how if someone asks like what what would you call your band i would say we're a folk rock band okay uh you know okay. and that's pretty simple to me you know the live show is very much a rock show okay. it's five guys on stage there's no click track there's no auto tune there's no nothing and we sweat our ass off by the you know i'm completely soaking wet every single night I mean, you can ask any fan of ours and they would probably laugh. I mean, it's laughable how much I sweat at our shows. And like, <laughs> so it is, I mean, it is like a rock show, but it, there are folk elements to it that, you know, 
certain songs lean a little more country, other songs lean, lean a little more rock and yeah. so on and so forth, you know? Well, all that sweating helps you to maintain the girlish figure, right? That's a that's a not a bad thing. That's God, not a dude, bad thing. <laughs> I doubt it, bro. And hey, listen, I, man. I, and the older you get, the more you're gonna say, "Man, I'm glad I sweated all those years because I'm getting to be uh, a fat bastard now." You know, when you get older, dude, that metabolism I feel slows fat right, right now, bro. I feel fat already. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh uh, man, I've got to take like. Every now and then, I just have to do like a couple of weeks, like where I don't let myself drink or anything, because I find I can't lose weight unless I stop drinking. Yeah. Like it's become like of that. Of course, I don't think it used to be like yeah. that in my twenties no. or whatever. Metabolism but, slows way down. You got to lay off oh, the beer and man. the donuts for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, and look at right over here. I don't know Speaking of donut, the voodoo donuts there, right? Yeah. Someone yeah. dropped yeah. off a box of these things. Like, Jesus. what am I supposed to do with that? You, you, know, you can't in the morning or whatever. You, like. You can't. It looks you, like it's your birthday. When absolutely. You, open the box. Like, you can't let them God go to waste. It, it would be inhumane if you let them go to waste, right? So you can't throw them in the garbage. You got to eat them. Yeah. Well, you serve as primary songwriter for the band, right? What contributions do you take from the other guys in the band when it comes to songwriting? Is it really you that is, and when I say songwriting, is it you that's the lyricist and they contribute musically or do they contribute lyrically or some contribute? Lyr- Speak to the listeners a little bit about Pretty. how that, I guess that karma works or that, I don't even know what word I'm looking for, but how, yeah, how does yeah. the songwriting efforts you. work inside of the band? Man, essentially, I normally write the stuff that you would go and play at an open mic night with an acoustic guitar. You know what I mean? I'll normally write a song up to that point where it's like a chord progression. Now, given there might be a chord, like a chord that gets changed here and there, there might be something in a bridge that gets adjusted here and there or whatever. Once we're in the studio setting and these guys are much better musicians than I am, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, our lead guitarist, our, our fiddle player, our bassist, like these guys are so much more, talented in terms of like melodies and notations and, and like harmonics and all kinds of stuff like that than I am. But at the end of the day, I kind of like write the bones of the song, which is, you know, and then like what you would play at an open mic and then in a setting and they'll all just keep adding to it, you know what I mean? And building sure. like layer after layer at that point. Sure. So you write the the story and they basically make it come to life from there. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. Cor- correct me where I'm wrong here, but the band I think has, I think it's four albums out. And one of those is, a live album, correct? Does that sound right? Four is what you guys have out from a from an album perspective. Uh, Coast Geronimo, Hail Mary, Live from the Desert, uh, right? And then Live from the Desert would be four. Okay, would be number four. Okay, so three three, three albums. Okay. I technically had one album out before that was called I'll See the Miles, but it was way way back. As a band, we've got three albums, and then. And then there's the live from the desert record would be number four. Okay. Where was that live record recorded? Out in Terlingua, Texas. Okay. All right. Way, way West Texas. Yeah. uh, yeah. Down near Big Bend National Park. Of course. People are familiar with that. Of course. Yeah. Well, out of the four records, is there one of them that resonates as your favorite? And I know that's like 
asking a parent, which kid do you love the most? Like a parent is never going to say, I love my third kid more than my second kid. But is there Uh, one of the efforts that really stick out to you is like the one you're the most proud of? uh, Man, honestly, the life from the desert was just one of those things you can't, you can't replicate what happened there in that setting. And like the way, the way that all went down and nobody really knows the backstory to it. And you and I don't have enough time here to truly go into it, but essentially we set up, you know, I'd invested like $20,000 in this production with a film crew and a track and all this stuff. And we were going to go out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of nowhere and pretty much shoot like a live video during COVID and or live concert. I'm yep, sorry. Yep, and sure. it was supposed to start right at sunrise. The sun was going to rise to our backs. Like, and we had rented these anamorphic lenses that were like, would flare with light. Not, I mean, it was just going to be insane. And you know, the same lenses they shot star Wars with, okay, they're like a thousand dollars a day to rent one of them, you know? And, 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 and like, anyways, we uh we set everything up out there we got out there it was all good and dandy and they weren't ready for us to sound check until one o'clock in the morning and essentially this massive storm blew in and it didn't pick up on anyone's radars because it was in mexico and we were right on the border of mexico and so like you have no way of knowing that that's coming until all of a sudden you start to hear like a rumble way off and you start to see little flashes of light here and there. And man, this, this sandstorm or dust storm, or, I mean, it was a lightning rainstorm, but it like had a wall of sand. It was like a front blowing in, you know what I mean? Where it just hit us. Like it felt like it was like 70 miles an hour. No No kidding. kidding. Like, I mean, it was the gnarliest weather I think I've ever been in and it hit us at one 15 in the morning, right. As we were about to like, sound check and we had no clue it was coming and so it destroyed everything and we had to reset it all up and it was just a total disaster and like and the next morning we wake up and like you know you've got like a drum kit that rolled down the hill you've got like it was up on this plateau that sat like a hundred feet up above us and the bus and everything at least i would say a hundred feet up and and the bus was in like a foot of mud when we got up the next morning. And Unreal. and we, the fact that we still managed to like come together and get it all set up and like, and do what we had to do to, to make it happen. Like, and then it turned out the way that it did. And then the only reason we went and filmed the acoustic set in that old chapel was because the weather came back oh, at, no way. It, it, during the set when we only got like six songs recorded and then it came back again. And so then we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? And that's why we went into that the ghost town and recorded in that chapel and did those acoustic songs. But it's just like because all that happened, it turned into what it is, and it just made it such a raw, cool thing. And it was all one take. We, did, we didn't redo anything. None of us even had in-ears like during the thing. So all you could hear out there was – amps and uh a, and a drum kit no with kidding. no speakers wow. at all okay. and we're trying to do four-part harmonies on microphones and we have no monitors we have no in-ears nothing and you're in the middle of nowhere with these amps loud as shit behind you you know mm-hmm. and so it the fact that it turned out and sounds the way that it yeah. sounds is kind of miraculous you know 
And so that's what makes it so special to me is I don't think about the song whenever I'm like watching the videos of that. I'm, I'm just thinking about like, oh, my God, how in the world did that happen? You know, how did it turn out like that? That's a super cool backstory. And, and like you said, I mean, we don't have time to go deep, deep into it. But, uh, you know, you wonder how many people know that backstory about, you know, everything that you guys went think, through. I don't think many too yeah. many do, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, it's uh, it was such an extreme experience for us that subconsciously it's like we just think everybody knows about it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, because no, it was so it. Yeah, yeah. wild, it, us being there, boots on the ground. Yep. But in reality, I don't think hardly anybody knows about it, other than people that have listened to like our some interviews here and there. Of course, but, you know we're putting out a a, a vinyl for it. Uh, we we're releasing a vinyl for it, and I had to write out like the whole story in the uh, on the in, inner label of the vinyl, and so just I wanted to give some kind of backstory of for people that are buy, purchasing it and something for them to read. And so that'll be cool. So hopefully those people will take the time to read it or whatever, and, and they'll they'll have the inside scoop on it. For sure. Well, listen, congrats on the release of uh, The Grays Between, the, uh, the new Thank single you. that's out. Um, I'll drop a clip in this for the listeners to hear. And I wanted to get you to tell the listeners where they can find you and the boys on social media, right? Can you share that with the listeners yeah. real quick? Yeah, yeah. We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, uh, you know, it, all of the things <laughs> at, uh, at Shane Smith Music. Again, the band is Shane Smith and the Saints. And, you know, you can stream our music on all streaming platforms digitally. And, and uh, yeah, I hope everybody really enjoys the new music. And hopefully we catch a bunch of folks out here on this uh, fall tour. We're West Coast and East Coast and a lot of places in between. So we're covering a lot of a lot of spots in a short period of time. Yeah, right on. And just for the listeners, the website is shanesmithmusic.com where you guys can go out and uh, take a look at, uh, there's tons of merch out there that, that people can purchase up there. I know if you're a vinyl collector like I am, you can pick up vinyl directly from that online store as well. And then I asked the uh, the listeners here in the Houston area, Shane, I think you guys have a date December the 9th back here in the Houston area at the White Oak Music Hall. So I ask and encourage yeah. all the local listeners to go out and support you and the guys when you run through Houston here. Yeah, yeah. Get your friend groups together. Get your crews all lined up and uh, get some ugly Christmas sweaters. Come hang with us in Houston. And that'll be our biggest Houston show to date. I think it's like a 5,000 capacity. Nice. And so, yeah, we need everybody to get on it. We're excited for it. Awesome. Well, Shane, this has been super cool catching up with you and getting to know more about you and what, what you and the boys have going on. I uh, wish you guys nothing but continued success with the music and the tour. And if something new comes out, I'll circle up with you. Maybe you can come back on for a, for a quick impromptu to tell us about the, the new stuff that you have coming out. That yeah, would be let's really do it. cool. Let's do it. And, I'd love uh, to do that. And a quick shout out to Crawford for helping us get this set up and, and making it happen. And you guys make sure awesome. again to follow Shane Smith and the Saints there on social media and uh Shane Smith Uh you guys take care of yourselves and each other and we'll see you right back here on the next episode of Backstage Pass Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of Backstage Pass Radio. 
Make sure to follow Randy on Facebook and Instagram at Randy Halsey Music and on Twitter at R Halsey Music. Also make sure to like, subscribe, and turn on alerts for upcoming podcasts. If you enjoyed the podcast, make sure to share the link with a friend and tell them Backstage Pass Radio is the best show on the web for everything music. We'll see you next time right here on Backstage Pass Radio.